all or most of the good things in my life have usually been on the other side of fear just to some degree. So it's, it's kind of like getting out of your comfort zone sucks sometimes, but it leads to really good things. to this week's episode of Be Bolder. This week, I am lucky enough to be joined by a good friend of mine who I've known for quite some time, Mr. Andrew Ray. And uh, I will never in a million billion years do uh, justice to his interesting career path and some of the changes that have been unfolding in his journey. So uh, Andrew, thanks for joining us. And why don't you tell us a little bit about you today? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for for having me. Um, I, interesting as one might have put it. So, uh, yeah, I the I'll try to, to be brief here and just uh, keep keep it relatively uh, summarized. But more or less, I uh, went to a no name school for finance. Uh, thought I was going to go be an investment banker. Ended up starting a company when I was twenty with uh, two other people. We it was a low speed electric vehicle company. We thought we were going to change the world. Um, raised about a million dollars and ended up we made a lot of mistakes. Learned a lot, and uh, we decided to sell the business and basically got our, our angel investors their money back. Um, after that, I was broke and you know trying to figure out what I was going to do next. Ended up uh, talking to a lot of startups and venture firms, and which led me to Columbus. Uh, joined a, a a firm called Eco Capital, uh, early stage uh, venture firm and venture studio. Uh, was there for a couple of years on their investment team. Uh, and then let's see, about eight months or so ago, I joined a, a tech and community startup called OnDeck, where I run their um, on, uh, in angel investor program that's largely a community of operator angel investors. So people that are founders, uh, startup operators, uh, and emerging fund managers that are investing in early stage startup companies. So and on the side, I write a little bit, invest a little bit. Uh, tiny, tiny angel checks, and uh, yeah, just just trying to figure it out as I go. So that that's the uh, the, the high level version. Awesome. Well, I definitely want to uh, dig into some details there because it sounds like you were uh, very resilient and sort of figuring out the way to take next steps and you know use your previous experience to sort of drive you into the next thing so let's talk a little bit about your startup adventure first um so you were very young when you when you started this thing to change the world so tell us how did this come about and then i'm sure i'm gonna have a litany of questions after that but first let's talk yeah, about yeah. that yeah so uh I so it happened, my brother-in-law was uh, like really the only entrepreneur I'd ever known. I really looked up to him. Uh, he and his family sold their company. Uh, and so we were talking and jamming on ideas like, oh, let's like, let, we've always wanted to do something together. So let's go like start something. Uh, he ended up uh, getting connected with somebody else. They were looking to basically look, looking to do these. So, so it all kind of starts with this thesis we had around essentially that suburban areas were going to change from a transportation perspective. So in urban cities, obviously Uber Lyft had really gotten big. Um, we thought that you'd also start to see these like smaller micro communities in a lot of suburban areas where people kind of had everything they needed within reasonable walking distance um, or like very, very short commutes. And so that there would just be less need to, to have cars or at least to have two cars. And so that a lot of people, instead of like having two cars might have like one car and then like one smaller low speed vehicle that would be a lot cheaper. Um, but the, the problem with most low speed EVs is that they're like 
basically golf carts and they don't look they don't look sexy most people in like nice neighborhoods don't want to drive those to the store or on like a friday night or whatever so basically we made them look really cool we it was a good price point obviously lowers carbon footprint and the thinking was that we would eventually see a lot more adoption happen in a lot of these communities um which you you we did see some um, I, th- I there's actually still some companies working on similar concepts to this, but more or less we were way too early at best. So we, but 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 anyway, kind of pulling that back into the reality of how it all happened, um, we basically worked with manufacturers in China to design and manufacture some of these, and and then we we ba- basically went to market with a couple designs. Uh, we ac- actually had some reasonable sales early on, but um, like u- ultimately, just like it wasn't taking off like we wanted it to. It wasn't going to be a venture scale business. And so it was either we could kind of limp on and and turn it probably into something that was, you know, cash flow break even and survived. But I don't think we weren't excited as founders. We weren't really on the same page about what we wanted to do. Um, and, you know, it wasn't what our investors signed up for. So we ended up eventually finding a buyer for it and uh, and then just kind of went our separate ways. Awesome. So was there one moment when you recognized that, hey, like we could limp on and probably be OK or we should sell this and break up yeah i think like um i remember the moment we decided to do that but i think it was more of like a collection of just like data points that kept Mm -hmm. happening that uh made us kind of realize okay we we bit off more than we could chew here and so but i remember the moment we just we decided to i was uh in in florida where i technically had not dropped out of uh, college yet and it's just on on the phone with my brother-in-law late one night and we just kind of made the decision so um but but yeah it was more just like enough data points over time and then uh we we lost that and uh, we we did lose out on uh, a a pretty big uh sales contract that kind of was like the nail on the coffin okay okay so you figure out how to sell this thing which kudos to you and getting your investors dollars back that's really hard i mean you've been around this arena a long enough time where you know that that's not always what happens. And so, okay, next step, you said you were broke pants for a little while. So let's talk about that. When you were struggling and trying to figure out what you were going to do, what was going through your mind at that time? Yeah, um, it's a good question. Uh, so, I mean, basically it's like a classic startup thing. We, we did raise money, but we weren't paying ourselves. So like that, that uh, which which I actually encourage in most cases, founders should probably pay themselves. Don't do that. But um uh, yeah. So anyway, I, and I was also, you know, like just a college student, right. So trying to like pay my bills and whatnot. So, um, I basically spent like three or four months just cold emailing, like lots of people. So like what I, what I, so right around the time that I actually, like th- this was ending for me, like we hadn't found a buyer yet, but basically I was the most broke of the founding team. So I kind of started to step away and figure out what I was going to do f- first next, if that makes sense. And, uh, I had a friend who was trying to break into investment banking. And so he was just cold emailing bankers and setting up meetings. And I was like, I could probably go do this for, I didn't, I didn't want to be a banker anymore, but I was like, I could probably go do this for something else. So it's actually really easy to figure out what somebody else's email is. So we, I just would spend probably like somewhere between like six to eight hours a day. Um, sometimes more depending on the day in Starbucks, like sending emails to anybody and everybody. Uh, early on, it was like probably just spamming and it, it was terrible. I'm sure I would like regret it if I went back and looked at some of what it was, but um, <laughs> we figured out how to get a lot more targeted and, and then ended up just talking like companies, typically startups or I, I originally it was only startups. I 
kept getting pushed to look at venture by startups. So, um, but yeah, so, but mostly just start up some venture firms and just try to talk to people and, and figure out what might be interesting. And usually you, you find to figure out like uh, how to actually send a cold email that's going to get answered. And, and then that leads to conversations. And if someone likes you, they introduce you to other people. And, you know, a, a lot of people are very kind and giving in the startup community. So that just uh, eventually some doors started opening and uh, some opportunities rose up from there. Oh my gosh. So you're walking through all of this, you're cold emailing these people, and now you start to get some hits and some bites. And so first of all, let me just back up and say, like, this is one of those things when I tell people like, hey, you can do anything that you want to do. It's just how much time and effort do you want to put into doing it? And it sounds like you put a lot of time and effort into doing it. Um, So did you know you wanted to go this venture early stage path as you were emailing these people or was this just the next thing that you thought about in your career yeah i think i i had known i'd wanted to be an entrepreneur for several years but i didn't know like being an entrepreneur was like a very high level idea i didn't know what like venture was really for for a long time but just through the process of starting the company kind of learned a lot about some of that so i think it was i knew i wanted to start something again but i had no idea like what that was going to be and in the meantime i i felt like i just wanted to learn so the best way to do that seemed to be either going to a venture firm where you're going to see a lot of industries a lot of companies um i i did like investing in finance just because i i did study that in school um but but then just like um or being just at a startup you can you can learn a lot from the process of building it ideally while getting paid at the same time and uh, and just like like hopefully like learning from what success looks like so that was kind of like more just like i'm gonna go find a place to land learn and and then hopefully from there that will um, also give me the the both the, the combination of the knowledge but also the the resources social career capital that you you need to really um, have a better chance of success in this industry so um, it probably wasn't fully developed but I, I knew I wanted to go in this direction so it was more okay. just kind of figuring out where to land within it. So did you ever feel like you don't come across this way to me? I'm, I'm going to caveat my question here that what I'm about to ask, but you know, you weren't in the space. You didn't know that much about the space, but you were like, Hey, this seems super interesting to me. Did you ever have any imposter syndrome or things that were sort of, you ever felt were holding you back as you're starting to send all of these emails and maybe getting some bites, but you're still trying to wade through these murky waters and. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Up. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. All the time. Like I, I think, uh, so, so first of all, it was just like, I mean, when you're going head to head, like I didn't go to a notable school. So you're going head to head sometimes with like these, uh, like Ivy leaguers who like, you know, like it, doors tend to open up quicker for yeah. them sometimes. So that would be a piece of imposter syndrome, but even just in conversations, like I remember actually a, a friend, a mutual friend that used to work for you, uh, adventure. I met him in Columbus during this whole process and remember literally shaking right before I was about to like, uh, like, like my hands were shaking, legs were shaking before going in to meet him, which now in my mind feels a, a little odd just because like we become such good friends. But um, uh, at the time, yeah, it was like, I remember like uh, most, a lot of the conversations, it was just like, like kind of terrifying and you didn't feel like you belonged in the room. So, so what did you do to overcome that? I, I, I wish there was like some magical moment but it's just like getting reps in helped a lot like just I I remember I made a trip to like five different cities uh while I was like finishing up school and kind of in this like in-between phase and one of which was Columbus 
and I had like two days of meetings there. And then the first day, I feel like I, I like did terrible. Like just performance was awful. Everything was really, really bad and kind of got back home dejected. Um, but then I showed up the next day and the next day actually went a lot better. And, and I think a lot of it's just like, there's, there's certainly like tips and tricks and things you learn to like manage yourself. But I think a lot of it, you don't really learn those, or at least I didn't, unless I just put myself there and got reps and, and you, you eventually just get better with, uh, with time and practice. hundred percent. You just kind of stepped into the fear, right? We can't do the next yeah. thing that we want to do. And, yeah, have yeah. It, and especially if it's scaring us, if we don't step into the fear and the fire, and it usually turns out it's not that bad. Right. But right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, all of the good things that I, all or most of the good things in my life have usually been on the other side of fear just to some degree. So it's, it's kind of like getting out of your comfort zone sucks sometimes, but it leads to really good things. It does. So it did lead to something that I think you learned a lot of good, bad in between things from. So talk about the next adventure. So you stepped into the fear and then turns out you got a job. So let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, kind of, uh, it got fortunate right at the end. I had like a few different like uh, opportunities. I, I was between like this, this startup that I really liked and the venture firm, but the startup was taking too long to offer. And so I, so I ended up in Columbus at Eco Capital. Um, it, it was, it was, uh, it was an interesting experience. Like I think the, the, first of all, just like it was in a mostly focused on, we, we did do a little bit of like just random investing in, in generalist categories like FinTech and, and, and SaaS, but most of it, especially the studio was really focused on um, deep tech, which was not like my background. I guess technically people would label the start, the startup I did as deep tech, but I wasn't like part of the founding team because I was deeply technical by, by any means. So um, it, it just like, and, and then all the more so when you're interacting with PhDs and researchers that are so like deep in, into their field. Um, it, it, it's a little, uh, it can be a little, it, it was in the early days, like a little overwhelming, but um, yeah. I, I think that, and then just, you know, you're, it's, there's a lot of, um, or just a lot to learn both in terms of like how we pro- approach things, how to, you know, be in some of these like more tense negotiations. But I, I think I, there was good, there was bad, kind of, kind of like you said, but I've learned how to source and and close something like an, an investment from from start to finish. Learned how to like what it looks like to incubate companies. Um, so met, met a lot of really really cool people. Um, so I, I, I think it was kind of like just a crash course in in this industry, the the good, sure. the bad, and um, as well just like I mean by nature of venture, there's like you you touch so many different industries too. It's kind of a it's a great. Um, it's a great place to just go explore, um, especially if you're you're not entirely sure where you want your career to end up. So yeah, no, that's amazing. So what are some of the most valuable lessons you learned being there? Yeah, uh, it's it's a good question. I think that I think for I think I learned a lot about uh, being calm or at least being able to return to calmness in like very very charged rooms and situations like it you know whether it's you're negotiating something and like trying to like close out like some kind of investment some kind of like you're you're negotiating with like like whoever it is maybe you're like raising falling on follow-on funding for a portfolio company or even just like investment committee meetings could be incredibly uh tense if people have different opinions. So, um, and there's usually like venture tends to attract a lot of strong personalities. So yeah, yeah. A lot, a lot of type A people and everyone thinks they're right. So, um, and being like the, a, a more junior person in that room, um, is you, you have to make sure you interact, uh, 
a way that's going to set you up for success. So, um, so anyway, like, I, I think I learned a lot about just like those dynamics negotiating, um, learned, learned a lot about just a, a bunch of random industries, but I, I think that, I, I think those were like some of the positive things. I think I also learned just like some of the challenges of like, like, uh, why, why it's actually really, really difficult, for instance, to for deep tech research to actually turn into companies because the, that that it's a very nuanced area and you hear people talk kind of uneducatedly about it sometimes, but um, it, it's a very challenging area. So you just kind of learned the good and the bad of that. Um, sure. And I, I think just like probably some of like the, uh, the, the things that go wrong when you don't align incentives in a way that are yeah. going to be win-win for, for all parties and just how important that is for, for any venture to succeed, whether it's, you know, like your own startup or you're investing in something. Amen to that. So, because I know uh, some things that, you know, we've, we've talked about in times past. So then I feel like you sort of started to grow and outgrow your environment. That happens all the time. We get to a place where, you know, we've blossomed, we've turned into our next thing and, and we've got to move on. And um, talk to me a little bit about that as you started to feel that maybe coming up in you and how you started to think about your next move after that. Yeah, I think, I think the, so the pandemic happened one, which I think mm. was for like everybody, right? Like a great, a, I don't know about great, but a, a forced moment of uh, reflection just on like what's yeah. happening in, in life. Like, what are you doing? Like, where do you want to go? So I, I tend to be the kind of person that like has those moments every two weeks or, or maybe more like every two days, but, oh. uh, but um, <laughs> half joking. Um, but yeah, it's uh, so anyway, we, I, I think that just like that forced me to step back and think about like, Hey, what do I actually like, where, where am I going within both this, this company, this firm, where do I want to go either within this firm or just, just in, in general with my career. So I, I kind of took, I, I think at a certain point, it felt like my learning had started to tap out. And, and I'm one of these people that prefers to be on the J curve of, of learning if, if possible, um, okay. or else I, I can go do other things. So I, I kind of explored a lot through that, just trying to figure out what made sense uh, from a next steps perspective. And I think where I landed is just that uh, being at a startup that was, I know what it's like to grasp at product market fit and not get it. So being uh being at a company that's hitting product market fit and then part of that scaling process, A, you build up and you, if that company succeeds, it's an incredible credential on your resume, which is, you know, just important and valuable whether people want to like admit that that's the way the world works or not. Um, and then B, it's, uh, you're, you, you get to see what that success looks like and, and, and learn a ton while something's just growing faster than you can handle. And then typically if you've got product market fit and you are growing like that, you're going to be around a lot of really, really smart people. And there's both, there's just a, I, I think those kind of environments like force you to sink or swim. And I, I, I really like being put in those spots. So it kind of like seemed like that that was the place to go. So, but f finding those companies, everybody wants to work for those companies that are sure. going to take off. So, um, but yeah, that kind of was where I landed. So okay. it was just a matter of like figuring out what kind of role, what kind of company, et cetera. Okay. So then you found that out. So talk about the cool things that you're working on then in your current role. Yeah, so on on deck is at a at a high level. I'll, I'll step back and just try to explain that, though it, it's not always. Uh, it's when people look at our website, I think they get a little confused as to what we do. And, and in fairness, it's a little hard to explain sometimes. But uh, it's it started out as this community for founders that were trying to figure out like what their next thing might be. Um, many times they might you know still be employed at their their last thing or the place they sold their company to. But um, really like. 
ideating or just discussing kinds of things they might want to start. Um, so it wasn't even a company. It was just a community dinner series, that kind of thing. Um, eventually that turned into what's now known as the Founders Fellowship. And it's like uh, people compare it to an accelerator, but it's really not an accelerator. It's just a program slash community for, again, that like same concept, just with more okay. structure around it. And it's usually like time bound to like, I think like uh, in the early days, it was like eight weeks and bring, bringing those people together, putting like really one of the things that's valuable about college, really, like you, you put a lot of really, really smart people that are ambitious about the same kinds of things in a room and you put support and resources around them and special things tend to happen. So, and, and from those like early uh, cohorts, a lot of like really incredible companies that have gone on to raise hundreds of millions of dollars in angel and venture capital came, came out of those cohorts. So um, then the pandemic happened and the company just like found out not only did this work remotely rather than just in person, but it actually worked really, really well. And there was had never been more demand for community and, and being in a, the same place and focused on the same things as a group of your peers than when everyone was stuck in their homes during a lockdown. So but long story short, they, they blitz scaled and, and we ended up launching quite a few of these uh, in a, at a bunch of different areas. Um, one of which uh, is the angel investor program, which I, I now run, but which I'll kind of like tail back to in a second here, but but essentially the way the company's evolved today is we support ambitious people. We're, we're trying to build a higher education institution for mostly like things that are like not necessarily happening in college, but just like your, your entire career. So there's a collection of programs for entrepreneurs and founders. There's a collection of programs for people trying to figure out what they want to do next in their career. There's um, programs focused on people while they're in their career. So think like product managers, engineers, designers, et cetera. Um, and then there's a collection of programs for investors. So that, that that's kind of the main structure as it stands today. And then there's a lot of like collective pieces uh, that are kind of tying that into that broader community uh, together. But my, my program specifically is operator angel investors. So these people are mostly, like I, I think I alluded to before, like they're, they're, they're successful people. So they've, but they're pretty far into their careers for the most part. They've got capital to deploy. Um, you know, a, a lot of, they, they might've like recently, their company might've IPO'd, they might've recently had an exit um, or, or, or something, or they're just like a very high earner and they're in a position to both, not just from capital, but also they have a lot of expertise and, and connections from being in the technology industry. So, um, so, so essentially we build program and programming and community around these people. Um, put them in the same room with each other. And so there's kind of like one value is just like the programming that, that we provide, but second value to them is the just community by, by putting in, in, in the same room with each other. And then third, there's an incredible number of founders in the OnDeck ecosystem through programs like OnDeck Founders and, uh, and others that we've launched more recently. So kind of being able to work with those founders very, very early. And like, as you know, you've, you've invested for, for a while, like deal flow is the name of the game and, and getting access to this stuff is important. So, um, so, so yeah, we, we, but basically like our, my job is to build community and, and support these people. So it's kind of this interesting role where I spend a, a lot of time doing a lot of different things, but we're recruiting angel investors to our program, um, working with the ones that are already in our community, um, like trying to help them and, and support them and connect them with founders and on deck or, or just broadly speaking, wherever. So a lot of like kind of investor type type things still um, just by nature of the, of the role. Um, and yeah, really just whatever it takes to, to support them. So, but we're, we're roughly, there's a few hundred people in the community now and uh, some, some wow. incredible investors and yeah, just trying to trying to build that out while, while on deck itself uh, is, is obviously growing pretty quickly at the moment. So um, it, it's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm enjoying it and uh, yeah, just trying to learn every day. Awesome. So 
Uh, I love all of this. And then tell me, have you traveled recently or you're moving? What's happening there? I, 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 I <laughs> yeah. see lots of things and I'm like, I mean, currently it looks like you're in space. You're on the Jeff Bezos rocket. I'm not sure. Yeah, I wish I was in space, but sadly, this is just a, a background. But um, yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, so I, I kind of started like just hopping around when the pandemic began just like a little bit, but I, I've been based in Columbus for the last couple of years um, and then just have used that as a home base. Um, but And then on deck being fully remote, I pretty much have just like, I, I was in Mexico for a while. Um, I, I was in New York for a while, sh- Chicago. So I've really just been bouncing around. Um, I, I, so I'm either, I'm either homeless or a digital nomad, depending on who you ask. So I'm, so, so yeah, like I, I think my parents are convinced I'm homeless, but uh, yeah, so I'm basically airbnb around different cities at the moment. So trying to, trying to figure out like uh, where I'm going to land. So I'm in Cincinnati visiting family right now and uh, I'll be in NYC for the next couple months. Uh, so if, if anyone's there, hit me up. We'd love to, to love to meet up. Yeah. And Andrew is a wonderful connector. And so, you know, if you're a founder, investor, want to be of either of those things, I think Andrew's a great person to get connected with. So uh, tell me, you know, before we wrap up here, tell me some of the most important lessons you think you've learned so far to date in your career. That's a good question. Um, I think having uh, um, principles is is really important, and no, just knowing knowing what's important to you and knowing what kind of person you're going to be. And because if you don't like if you don't decide those things really really early, um, or, or at least like be intentional about refining those and, and iterating on them as you go, uh, you'll it, it you can find yourself like questioning things that you think you would never like question. Like when when you come to a situation that's uh, in a, in a gray area ethically, let's say. But if you've already made your decision on the kind of person you're going to be and, and what your principles are going to be, you you are you, you it's almost like you can be on autopilot uh, to some degree when you're in those situations. So I think just knowing like if you've like done the work of stepping back and deciding how you're going to operate and what person you're going to be, what kind of person you're going to be, that that's really really helpful um, to to make that like a little more concrete. I think that something specifically for for me that I, I believe this is a overall superior way to operate in the world is um, I'm, I'm a really big fan of this like I, ideal of giving first and, and being positive some and it, it's kind of become a bit, a bit of a buzzword sometimes but there's a really good book by Adam Grant called give and take and mm-hmm. but essentially like if you I'm, I'm just a, a fan of like get, giving not because somebody else is going to give you something or because you, you you need to get something from someone else um, just because just it's like it's a better way to go about the world and like you there's like, you're, you're not losing because you're helping other people and because other people are winning. So, um, so you have to be careful not to like get taken advantage of doing that. But for the most part, like it's worth running that risk because, uh, in the grand scheme of things, you're going to have just a lot more fun and uh, build a lot more meaningful relationships if you operate that way. So, um, so I I think, but having, having principles like that has been, has been really helpful and just trying to iterate on those kind of things. Um, being willing to work really, really hard is a, is a, is a huge advantage. I don't know if that's like a, um, I don't, I don't know how, uh, I don't, it's, it's kind of like one of those things. I'm not big on hustle porn myself, but like, I, right. I do think just knowing that there's trade-offs for everything. So being willing to, to work really, really hard at something and be really, really focused on it for a long period of time can, can be a big advantage. Um, and, and then just like, like find, uh, finding really, really smart, good people 
and putting yourself in in extreme situations and in chasing after extreme goals around those people has really gone well for me so far. Um, so I, I think that just you, when you put yourself in those spots and bet on yourself, good things tend to to happen, and uh, you're, you'll probably end up further uh, th than you would have like playing it safe or, or taking a smaller bet. So you'll certainly learn more. Indeed, that's, indeed, that's for darn sure. So. I, I absolutely love all of that. And I, I mean, I think we, we share a similar sentiment, right? Like give first, you know, yes, once in a while, it kind of costs you a little bit more than you think maybe it should, but you don't regret giving someone your time or, you know, giving someone an opportunity to, you know, talk to you because they need that or whatever it's going to be. And I often find that it ends up coming back tenfold over. So I, uh, I love that and appreciate that. So what's your next great thing that you're going to <laughs> undertake <laughs> uh you know i don't i don't uh i don't i don't know i'm i'm really enjoying kind of where i'm at i i'd say that i i know eventually i want to start something um like start a company of, of some kind but i'm i'm trying to position myself for when that day comes to be mm -hmm. very well positioned to be successful at that um but and, and there's, there's a lot, as, as you know, that, that goes into that. So that, that's kind of like the, the longer term stuff. Um, I'm, I'm a very bullish on this trend of operator and uh, operating and investing. And there's more and more people straddling, straddling, straddling the line of doing both. So, um, so I'm like, though I'm like mainly working at a growth stage startup right now, I'm, I am angel investing on the side. So I've really enjoyed that. I'm not really exactly sure where that's going to go, but that's been a lot of fun. So at the moment, um, it, we're, we're pretty heads down and, and focused on building something really meaningful at, at OnDeck and we, we have a lot of work ahead of us so so that's like where the vast majority of my time goes um and then just on the side trying to like support founders through through investing and then helping them fundraise and etc that that so that that's like the main stuff um eventually i, I do think I'll, I'll start something um it, but it's just a matter of like finding the right timing and, and the right thing that's not only the like uh, meaningful to me but that i'm actually like positioned to start like there's there's a lot of like great ideas out there but doesn't mean you should be the one to start them in my opinion so um so, so yeah so eventually i think there'll be something like that but for right now i'm, I'm just pretty focused on trying to trying to help them build on deck and uh, just something really generationally uh, impactful and uh just trying to support founders and uh be helpful as i can with uh getting the right checks into the people that are uh, building uh potentially uh, like world world changing companies in a really positive way awesome so last question then is going to be in your moments of transition, because, oh, you're pretty uh, young in your career, I would say. You've got a lot of good solid years ahead of you, but you've already had a, you know, a few transitions. What's the most valuable thing you've learned from those transitions each time that you would tell someone as they're going through it, or maybe that you would tell yourself the next time you have to go through it? Yeah, yeah, I think... Um... I think that tra trans transitions are, are tough, right? And I don't, I think it's always scary for anyone. Um, for, I think it, I going forward, I would hope I, I do more of this because I haven't always done it perfectly, but just taking the, I think when you know you need, like you can hit the point of knowing you need to make a change sometimes before you know what the change needs to be. So if you already know both, like almost immediately, it makes things kind of easy, but or at least easier. But if you don't know what the change needs to be, that 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 especially can can be scary. So just take allowing yourself the time to reflect and and figure out like what you actually want to do next is that's not wasted time. Um, so I, I think it's important to to do that. Um, I, I think, and then I think just like with 
set like not being afraid to like set your 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 sights high on something like i think with every moment of transition i've made i've repeatedly had at least someone tell me i'm being too ambitious with what i'm like looking for or my standards are too high or whatever and i've that's the person who yeah. has no goals and uh, you know like who yeah i can't i can't <laughs> exactly yeah or, or even just someone that like has a has an outdated view on the world like yeah. there's like people will tell you for a variety of reasons whether it's how you look how old you are um like what like what like you have or haven't done or even just like whatever mental model of the world that they have that you don't fit will will tell you not to do something just just because of that and those people a rarely change the world b they're wrong and and c <laughs> like it, like why not you why why not like why not now like i i think that there's people have done some pretty crazy things um that just, just like uh, in, in ways that have surprised a lot of people and and so i i just think like why not like every doing anything meaningful is hard so why not like take the, the big bold ambitious bet yeah be bolder right <laughs> right well andrew thank you so much for your time this was awesome it's really great to catch up with you and i'm glad that uh you've landed at your next great thing and it sounds like everything's going well so i can't wait to see what uh you continue to do and how you continue to reshape the world. So for everyone who's listening here today, uh, thank you for joining us. And as always, don't just be bold, do what Andrew says, be bolder. Thanks again for listening today. Don't forget to join us on Patreon to support Boulder Inc., a nonprofit providing mental health, physical health, spiritual health, and financial health resources to entrepreneurs, founders, and teams to help them function at their best to produce their very best. And of course, through Patreon, you get extra access to bonus episodes, merch, who doesn't love that, and more. If you're not already, subscribe and leave us a rating to keep growing the Be Boulder audience. You can find me on Instagram at BeBolderCast and at Legally underscore Lens. And of course, check us out at TheBolderLife.com. <laughs>